When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Open Forum Wednesday. Hope everybody is doing good. Kings go into the break at 32 and 25. They are third in the West. I'm giving out grades today. I gave one out on YouTube and my grade is an A. I want to know what your grade is and why. An A because the Kings are third in the West, but more importantly, 32 and 25. They started off 0 and 4, so there's no way that I can give them anything less than an A. Now, if you want to give them an A minus, I'm okay with that, but I don't see how anyone could give this team less than basically a 90. All right. I mean, what were your expectations at the beginning of the year? They have surpassed that. I mean, they have to. 32 wins, 25 losses. And oh, yeah, by the way, they started off 0 and 4. So, also, what do you think the forecast is for the final 25 games? I think it's turbulent. All right, I'll just put it that way. I think there are turbulent skies ahead for the Kings in the final 25 games because of their schedule. All right? Uh, Would I take 12 and 13 right now? Yeah, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I give you 44 wins? Absolutely. No question about it. What do you think? I want a letter grade. What do you think the Kings' final record's going to be? Right now, they have 32 wins. So you think they win what? You know, even if they win 10, you know, that's over 500. You go 10 and 15 the rest of the day, rest, rest of the way, that's 42 and 40. I know that you want more, but, you know, I'm looking at the big picture here. So what is your letter grade? And if you want to talk about anything else today on Open Forum Wednesday, we can do that. All right, my podcast yesterday spent, you know, the what I thought was a debacle at halftime of the Super Bowl. If you want to get back into that, we can. Anything else that's going on, uh, we can do that. You got spring training starting up. So we can go in a lot of different directions. All right, all you got to do is hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will put you right on on this open form Wednesday. Hard to believe that. We are in the middle of February. We're, we're past the middle of February. And March and April are going to be the two most enjoyable months, one way or the other, that Kings fans have had in a long time. In a long time. Think about that. The last time you could get genuinely excited was 2006. And here we are in 2023. And every single game, is magnified. Every single game is magnified. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. These are playoff-type games, and the Kings need to hold serve because their schedule is absolutely 
brutal. It's daunting. Now, you can get lucky and play a team that's resting a player or what have you. But by and large, teams now in this stretch drive aren't going to be resting players that much. That's just the way it is. The Kings have to be very fortunate not to have any injuries. All right, so let me hear from you. Hit your hand icon. And I need a leadoff man. We'll get a leadoff man, and we'll get the uh, show rolling. What do you think about Damar Hamlin and the criticism for a jacket that he wore during the Super Bowl? I didn't even notice it. I, I didn't even notice that. I guess he wore a jacket that had a religious connotation to it. There was an abstract illustration of Jesus on the cross under the word eternal. Then the front featured an abstract depiction of Jesus's face and appears to reference a Bible verse that reads, without end or beginning, there is no day and no night. Former NFL running back Adrian Peterson called it blasphemy. I mean, I don't know. We get way too caught up in stuff. Hamlin said, quote, after talking with my parents, I understand how my coat could have offended some people. It was never my intentions to hurt or disrespect anyone. The coat is abstract art to me. It's amazing the stuff that people, you know, get all bent out of shape with now. Really. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It really is. All right, let's get to Connor. Connor, you'll be my leadoff man on an open forum Wednesday. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, Grant. How's it going? I'm good, Connor. What's going on today? Yeah, when you said that Adrian Peterson thought it was blasphemy, did, does that mean that he was against it or he was against the criticism? No, he was against the, uh, the jacket. Um, he was not against the criticism. And he said he has since cleared the air with DeMar Hamlin after talking to him about it. All right. I mean, he said, Here, here's Adrian Peterson's comment. After speaking with DeMar, I have an understanding that it didn't come from a place of ill intent. I apologize for offending you. I just felt offended in that moment as a man who loves and respects our Lord and Savior. Again, the stuff that people, you know, uh, get upset about in this day and age is mind-boggling to me. It really is. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, especially with Adrian Peterson's past and all the trouble he's gotten into for him you think? to be the one talking. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Totally agree. And then, as for the Kings grade the first over the half of the season, I agree with you. It's an A, and if I had to pick, it's closer to an A-plus than an A-minus because I mean, who – I don't think one Kings fan saw this team being where they are. I mean, my prediction was that they would finish the ninth in the West and they're third in the West right now. I mean, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I was three years old when they last made the playoffs. I have no memory of the wow. playoffs. I mean, and now it's – I mean, it's the first time that I can really be excited about every game. And, I mean, just the thought of playoffs or any, any season play is just incredible to me. What do you think – happens in the final 25 how many of games do you think they win 
the rest of the way. Right now they have 32. What do you think they end up with? I think they'd finish with, I'll say, 43 wins, which do you think that keeps them in the top six or not? I think it probably keeps them at six. Yeah, I think it would put them at six. And that would be fine. You know, six is fine. I mean, what do you think the narrative would be if the Kings were seven to ten? I mean, would it all matter it not, depending on how they perform in the play-in and how the season would be looked at? Yeah, if they finish seven to ten and don't win that play-in tournament, I think people would call it. And just because of how good they've been through the first 57 games, I think people would say, oh, same old Kings. So that's what it's like being a Kings fan. See, they let us down again, blah, blah, blah. I really do. I think if this team is not in the playoffs, I think that would be brutally uh, hard to swallow. All right. And by being in the playoffs, that's not being in the play. And I'm talking about after the play in, be one of the eight teams. And if the Kings are not one of the eight teams after the play in, I think people would deem this as a disastrous season just because of the way it would finish. That's my take on it. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But I think that's what the narrative would be. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about it. I mean, I can't even start to imagine what a seven-game no. playoff series at Golden One Center would look like. I mean, how incredible nope. would that be for these fans? It would be off the hook. It would be unbelievable. Uh, it truly would. It absolutely would. Yep. No Man, question. I had a since open forum Wednesday. I had a couple questions for you. Yep. So I was thinking about, I mean, because Tony Romo's obviously, we've talked about him the past couple of weeks and stuff, like overstepping Jim Nance and stuff. So from yep. your perspective, what is there like a percentage of like speaking time between the play-by-play -play and the analyst that you think is like sustainable or is it more 50-50 or does it not really matter? Like what what's like the balance it does, it, between the two? It's a great question. It doesn't matter what the balance is. What matters is that you allow each other to do their job. And the analyst has to be done in time, particularly in football, for the play-by-play -play man to set up down and distance, formations, you know, whether a team looks like they're blitzing, all those things, okay? A analyst that talks too much does not give the play-by-play -play man a chance to get into a rhythm himself. And I believe that's what happens with Romo and Nance. I think Nance's play-by-play -play has suffered since working with Tony Romo. Because Nance has had to adjust his job because Romo talks too much. It's a great question on your part. Basketball also, it, it's a little bit different because you don't have a stoppage in play like you do in football. Obviously, free throws and et cetera. But in basketball, you know, the rule of thumb is that the analyst needs to stop talking before the play is set in motion. Now, obviously, you can see what's going on in basketball, and you don't necessarily need the play-by-play -play man to describe what's going on as much as you might in football. You know, because in football, you have down and distance, you have – you know, in basketball, it's all there for you. So it's – you know, there are times when an analyst will be speaking when a basket is being scored, but you don't want that very often. The, the analyst has a job. The play-by-play -play has a job. My other uh, part of this, I always felt that I was the captain of the ship, okay? I steered the ship, and Jerry Reynolds will tell you that too, okay? Jerry knew that, and it doesn't mean I'm more important. I'm not saying I'm more important than the, the first officer or the engineer who takes care of the engines. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you need one captain. You need one person 
that steers the ship. And when I did a broadcast, that was me. And the reason why I say that is the vast majority of people that I work with don't know anything about broadcasting. Okay. They know about the game that they're analyzing and that's it. They don't know about the nuances of broadcasting. I've studied broadcasting my whole life. And I think I have a really good understanding of what makes a good telecast. And when I announce a game, I announce the game from a viewer's perspective. I'm always thinking about the guy that or the gal that's sitting at home watching this game. What do they want? What do they not want? What do they like? What do they not like? And I always tried to steer the telecast into a direction that I thought was more interesting for the masses. That's why I asked Jerry a lot of questions. And I always tried to get Jerry into an area that I thought was very important. And I didn't always succeed, but that's the job of a play-by-play man. Play-by-play man is the captain. He's got to steer the broadcast in the direction that it needs to go because the play-by-play man in most instances is the expert of what makes a good broadcast. Not always, but most of the time. Yeah, question I was going to ask to kind of branch off of that. I mean, you said that you're the captain. I mean, is there any situation in which the analyst could be the captain and it would work, or is it always the play-by-play? It's always the play-by-play. However, I work with Bill Walton, okay? And you you go into a uh, – it, it would almost be like a game plan. You know, if you're a football team and you're going against a high-powered offense – compared to a team that runs the ball, right? You're going to have a different defensive game plan. I had a different game plan when I did a game with Bill. Now, I would also tell you this. I always felt that the analyst was the most important piece of the telecast. So I always went into a game with my frame of mind that the guy next to me was more important than me. Okay, when I work with Bill Walton, I really, truly knew that he was the show. And I knew that even though the Kings were terrible, we were going to have a lot of people watching the game because of Bill Walton. So when you do a game with Bill, everything you learned about broadcasting and everything you think of about what makes a good telecast goes out the window. When you do a game with Bill Walton, you understand that anything goes. And that you have to literally be on your toes at all times to be listening to what he is saying without fail. Because Bill was so bizarre and so flippant. And you never knew what was going to come out of Bill's mouth. And it could happen during overtime. It could happen in the first minute of the first quarter. And so when I worked with Bill, it was a whole different approach to a telecast. So a lot depends on who you're working with. How good of a broadcaster are they? How good of a communicator are they? Um, Are they aware of when to talk and when not to talk? Do I need to help them? Like with Doug, I used to have to tell him, don't talk. When I put my hand up, you don't talk because he had a habit of stepping over me early on. So I would just say, hey, when I put my hand up, that means you don't talk. So, you know, there were little things you do to make the telecast work. But I always felt that the guy next to me was the most important part of the telecast. Yeah, that was really interesting. And then so since the All-Star break and All-Star weekend's coming up, I mean, one more question I have for you is, 
Yeah. Do you have like a most memorable All-Star Weekend moment or story that you can tell us? My most memorable All-Star Weekend was I was flown to New Orleans. That was the weekend that DeMarcus Cousins was traded. I was flown to New Orleans to be the play-by-play guy for NBA 2K tournament, okay? That was going on All-Star Weekend. And I did it with Scott Pollard. So they flew both Scott and I in for All-Star Weekend. And I was the play-by-play announcer for NBA 2K. And it was fascinating to me because I was not into gaming and I didn't really know a lot about NBA 2K and all of that. So I had to study up on that. And then there were five guys playing against five other and we had they had a competition and the winning team got $250,000. So it was a big, big deal to those that were playing. And uh, I did the play-by-play of that, which was pretty fascinating. I didn't stay for the All-Star game, but I did get a real good feel of the synchronization that it takes for the NBA to put on an event of that magnitude. And the NBA does an amazing job. So that one stands out to me just because, you know, I was there uh, and really had a good time. I was also at the All-Star game where Mitch Richmond was the MVP. And so I was actually at that game and I was in Phoenix that weekend. So that sticks out. But those are the two. Uh, Again, the NBA does a marvelous job um, putting on this event. They do a great job. Yeah, I'll never forget that All-Star game in New Orleans when DeMarcus Cousins wasn't getting put in the game. And I was like, what's going on? And it became chaotic. And then you heard of the trade details and stuff. I mean, it was pretty crazy to watch that. Yep, and the Kings would have had a much better trade if there wasn't interference from the owner. Uh, But because there was interference from the owner, they didn't get as good of a deal as they would have if they had done it four hours prior. So, you know, those things happen. But, you know, it is what it is. And um, I still think the Kings made a great deal on that day. I really do. Yeah, that's all I got. Let's hope the Kings can perform well this weekend. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, let's move along. And uh, if you want to get in on the program, hit your hand icon uh, and we will do it. All right, let's get to some more phone calls. And why don't we say hello to Jeff on this open forum Wednesday. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Grant. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. How about yourself? All right. I'm surprised Connor didn't bring that Frankie Montez of the Yankees probably out for the whole year with surgery on his shoulder. I didn't even see that myself. I mean, I saw it. I didn't even realize it was the whole year. I saw he was having surgery. I didn't realize it was the whole year. Nothing surprises me with the Yankees. It really doesn't. Yeah, I thought Connor would bring that up. But anyway, anyways, he's probably too depressed. <laughs> probably. Anyways, I was watching the Kings game last night, and it always seems to amaze me some unknown guy or some four or five the player on the team has a fantastic night against the Kings out of nowhere like that. Oh, okay. Was that his name? Okay. Yes. That's yes. Unbelievable. The guy's like a third 28% three pointer. And the guy what he scored like 20 points last night. Yep. Something like that. It's just like, Oh, geez, Louise, you know, and then against the Mavericks, it was green. It just always seems either they're, because they have to guard their best, other best players, and don't somebody's open, and and that guy just cruise, you know, just kills them. 
Yep. I mean, it's always somebody, you know, but I mean, I'll tell you the one, thing, you know, if you took five players that would be on the all opponent team, Devin Booker would always be on that team. He kills the Kings every time he plays them. But last night you saw, you know, players that you probably didn't think of when you think of the Phoenix Suns also contributing, but make no mistake about it. The Kings got beat last night because of the backcourt of Paul and Booker and the inside presence of DeAndre Ayton and everything else oh, yeah. that he did. That's why they lost. Right. It, that's the Kings bugaboo is they can't handle a big man. So they, they can't, they'll never handle Joel of Abib, uh, Giannis. They can't handle a big, nope. a big guy down there. And Ayton, he just, he just ate, ate, ate his lunch down there. He just, I, what did they have in the paint last? The Phoenix having the paint last like 60, 70. I mean, it was like a, yeah, they dominated. Amount of, yep. Yep. Amount of points. It was yep. double. It was double. I know it was almost double the Kings in the paint. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah. So, it, I mean, they made it close. Fox did his thing. He made it close. But other than that, they, if Barnes isn't having a great night, and Herder had an okay night, but if Barnes isn't doing his, if Barnes isn't going for 15 to 17 points and carrying his load, making some threes, that's yep. what comes down to and I noticed uh, uh Murray wasn't in the game a lot last night did you notice that you know I, I think it's just Mike Brown going with the players that he's comfortable with based on rotations based on flow of the game so I don't read too much into that I really don't right 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 well that one kid they put in after Ellis he didn't impress me at all he came and got a foul right away but uh yeah, you're right. That fadeaway is just killer. On book, like he can get a shot anyway. He just that pull up shot, and then the dagger. Yep. The dagger was Chris Paul in the corner of the time, time running out. He just it was you know, a big he, shot. Geez, yep. just, that was that was the dagger. All right, Grant. Well, you all right, buddy. Have a good rest of the day. All right. I'm sorry to con tell, uh, Connor if you're listening still. I'm sorry for the injury and your Yankees getting off to a bad start. Well, let me tell you something. What Connor's saying right now is the Yankees are still better than the Giants, so he's not going to worry about it, all right? <laughs> See you, buddy. Yeah. See you. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. See, Connor, we get those uh, obnoxious fans right off. To, right off, Connor. See, I got your back, Connor. All right, let's get to uh, Brian. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm doing good today, Grant. How are you? I'm good, man. What's up? Hey, so uh, I was going through the schedule last night and just kind of looking at the remaining 25 games, and I'm I was very much aligned with Connor's prediction, optimistically. I'm hoping to get to 44 wins and, and you know, 500 the rest of the way we've discussed. That would be a fantastic finish, in my opinion, given where this team's at with the moves that have been completed in the West. And, you know, seeing the Suns and the Mavs as these top-tier teams these last few games, I mean, these, these, are, these are good teams. And Fox and Sabonis are playing fantastic. And to get – to compete in these games, we need these guys, our bench and our role players to step up to have a chance to win these games. And and I think you were commenting on your uh, after show last night. My only concern is these the heavy minutes, uh, like you stated, uh, of Fox. Like, he's playing outstanding out of this world. The pace of him in these final 25 games is a bit of concern, you know, and they can't expect him to do that every night. Very true. Uh, you're very true. I mean, the bench is going to have a real big say in how this team ends up because there are going to be games when you're going to have to rely on the bench to win for you. So I, I'm with you. I mean, you're going to be able to count on Fox and Sabonis on most nights, but not every single night. And uh, again, you better pray that these guys don't get hurt because if they do, the Kings are going to really have a tough time winning games. Yeah, 100 percent. And do you know how long Monk is out offhand? I don't know. I would I would expect him. And again, I'm just I would think he'd probably be OK after the All-Star break. But, you know, yeah. I haven't heard a report on that. Yeah. And then uh, speaking of on on did you already state your prediction out of the remaining 25? What do you think likely they could win, you know, given the same team and everyone's healthy, all that? I think you're going to go 11 and 14. Yeah, that's what Connor stated. Correct. Yeah, by uh, I believe so. Yep. 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 Yeah. I, at a minimum, I, I you know, 11 of 14 is doable. You know, if you go less than that, then in your opinion, that that's, that six spot becomes in jeopardy, wouldn't you say? Uh, yes, I do think that becomes in jeopardy. I mean, I yep. there are there are some there are just games on there that I don't see the Kings winning. Like, for instance, I don't think they're going to beat Phoenix. They play Phoenix two more times. So I think that's two losses. I don't think you're going to beat Boston. That's three losses. I don't think they're going to beat Milwaukee. You know, there, there are games that I look at where I'm like, ah, I just don't see the Kings winning those games. Now, they may, but they're also going to lose a game along the way where they shouldn't, like against yeah. Portland or, you know, it, it's going to all even out. But, I, I, you know, I think realistically 11 and, 11 and uh, 14 is, is about how I see the Kings ending up. Yeah, you know, in one big game since you just mentioned Portland, just knowing how our Kings operate, that first game out of the All-Star break, that's a must win at home. You got to win that game. To must win. Game. Yep. 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 No question. So, all right. Always good. Thank friend. you, buddy. Thank you, bud.
I think they'll. I think all three games against Portland with the schedule are must wins. They play in Portland twice, you know, back to back. Which I don't understand why the hell are you playing two games consecutively against Portland? But um, you know, they have two games coming up after the All Star break at Oklahoma City. I don't think they're going to win both those games. I, I, I don't. They might not win one of those games. Oklahoma City is really good, really good. You know, I look at their schedule and. I don't see, and again, I don't know about New Orleans, although here's what I do know about New Orleans. They steamrolled Sacramento uh, two weeks ago. Now, I know Fox didn't play, but nobody played. Nobody was on the floor for New Orleans. So, you know, keep that in mind. But I'm looking at the Kings' schedule, and I don't see games where I'm like, oh, that's a win. You know where I see that? San Antonio. So, like, to me, when the Kings host San Antonio that I have chalked up as an automatic win. Now I know what the Kings automatic should never be used because they've had some games like that. But for instance, Portland to me to start the second half is a win at LA lost at Oklahoma city split home. LA Clippers lose home, Minnesota toss up home, New Orleans win home, Knicks win at Phoenix loss. Home Milwaukee loss at Chicago should win at Brooklyn should win at Washington should win at Utah should win, but they're not going to win all four. So there you have it. Home Boston loss, home Phoenix loss, home Utah win, home Minnesota toss up at Portland win at Portland win, home San Antonio win at New Orleans toss up at Dallas toss up home Golden State if they're healthy loss. At Denver, if it's a big game for Denver loss, that's how I look at the schedule, just like perusing through it. All right. So if I count the wins, I got Portland with a win, <coughs> one win against Oklahoma City, two. All right. Uh, win against New Orleans at home, three. Win against New York, four. Win at Brooklyn, five. Win at Washington, six. Win at Utah, seven. Uh, win both games at Portland, eight and nine, win against San Antonio, 10, and then win one of the four remaining games at New Orleans, at Dallas, home Golden State, at Denver. That gives you 11. And again, I'm just having fun with the schedule. An injury here, an injury there can absolutely change everything. But at least that's a brutal schedule. Brutal schedule. All right, what's your letter grade? I gave the Kings an A. If you want to get your letter grade in, hit me up. Open Forum Wednesday, anything else you want to talk about. Let's get to Dorian, who joined me on the post-game show last night. Dorian, it was good to have you on the stream. How are you? Hey, Grant. I'm doing amazing. I just want to call in and say thank you so much for having me on the stream last night. It was an honor. Um, too bad the, uh, the internet connection wasn't being good to us, but uh, I had a really great experience, and I just want to say thank you so much. It was an honor. Um, it's been awesome watching you and, and grow and hopefully getting more people as subscribers and uh, grow your platforms. And, and we just want I just want to thank you so much for having uh, this Kings platform where you're able where, where we're all able to come together and talk, you know, Kings basketball. So thank you so much, Grant. It's, it's an honor. I appreciate it. Dorian, thank you. It's my pleasure. I really appreciate your support, buddy. Of course, always. I, I give the, you know, the Kings, like we talked about last night, I give the Kings an A. I don't think anybody would have envisioned the Kings being the number three three seed. Um, unfortunately, you know, that loss last night with uh, incredible, you know, Chris Paul with, was it was 19 assists he had? Yep, 19 assists, four turnovers. Amazing. 
amazing. I mean, Devin Booker is I, – I went to the game in November when he had that 40-piece. And, oh, man, yeah. that, guy, yep. that guy just dominates the Kings every game. They, every time he plays them, it's, it's crazy. It is unbelievable. I mean, Devin Booker kills the Kings. Absolutely kills the Kings. Yeah, he, he uh, you, know, you know, another athlete that always would give the Kings fizz is Montrez Harrell. I mean, that guy, every time oh, he played, yeah. oh, man, he would just dominate the Kings all the time. That's another player that would give the Kings fit. But uh, what do you think about the Kings' uh, potential Mavericks-Kings uh, first-round playoff matchup, Grant? You know, Dorian, I haven't really looked at matchups yet. I, I will probably when we get to the middle of March. Sure. There are just too many scenarios right now. First of all, Dorian, I don't mean to be negative. The Kings have to make the playoffs. Yeah, okay? totally. And with their schedule, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could fall all the way to seven. And yeah. then you have to win the play-in tournament to get in. So, you know, I'm I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna hold. When I say you have to win, you have to I, I shouldn't say that. You you have two of the four teams get in. So but I, I wouldn't want to go that route if I'm Sacramento. So yeah. I, I Dorian, I'm not gonna put the card ahead of the horse here and talk about playoff matchups just yet. I just read the schedule. It's uh-huh. daunting and the Kings better be careful they don't go into a tailspin here. Yeah, we're all we're all hoping that you know Kings can at least make the one through six seed. But yeah, you're right. Playing, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, playing the Warriors or uh, healthy Warriors or healthy Lakers, that's not uh, you know, with with this team's uh, inexperience and big games like that, yep. I would definitely not want to play them. But thank you so much, Grant. I really and I, I'll it. tell you, I wouldn't want to play. I wouldn't want to play Dallas in the first round of the playoffs if yep. Luca and Kyrie Irving are healthy. I think that you know those are two guys that have big time star potential, sure. and that would concern me. Yeah, same here. Same here as a fan. So uh, nonetheless, you know, last twenty five games. Hope the Kings gonna you know lock in one of those one through six. So we'll see what happens. Yep. Again, here to support you, Grant. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Go Kings. Thank you, Dorian. Bye-bye now. Appreciate your phone call. All right, hey, that opens up uh, a line. If you want to get on, hit the hand icon, and we will put you right on. Kings uh, don't play for quite a while until the end of the month against the uh, Portland Trailblazers. And as I think Connor was just saying, or maybe it was Jeff, I can't even remember, but that's got to be, you know, you you absolutely have to win that home game. Uh, that would be disastrous to start off the final 25 games with a home loss. And, you know, Damian Lillard's got the ability to take over a game as we know that, but so does De'Aaron Fox. We've seen that many times this year, but you know, one at a time going to be a dogfight. but I I'd be very surprised if the Kings hold on to either a third or a fourth seat, but that's all right. If you're five or six, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. And you know, the fact that the Kings play so well on the road, I wouldn't have any problem if the Kings were in the playoffs and I had to open up on the road. No problem at all, you know, because if you split, can you imagine the crowd when you come back home? The crowd's going to be off the hook anyway, but it would be uh, be unbelievable, be absolutely uh, unbelievable. All right, again, hit me up if you want to get in on the show. If not, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, your last opportunity. Don't forget that uh, if you missed Jerry Reynolds today, you can go check it out at your leisure on YouTube if you don't like that. And I'll be coming your way uh, tomorrow as well at uh, 4 o'clock. I may have a conflict with my Friday show and may not be able to do it, but I don't know yet. I'll know tomorrow. All right. We say hello to John right here on Listen Up. Hello, John. Grant, how are you? What a fun Wednesday, eh? How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm working. I got a huge job. I just wanted to chime in real quick and say it's got to be an A. And I think like Connor, closer to an A plus than an A minus because 
Yep. The, the way this season's going, nobody had predicted it. And I'm one of the few who said, man, I think we're going to win 41 or 42 games. And it's looking like we may do even better than that. And, uh, well, another thing they should, yeah, they should. One thing that I've noticed though, when the Kings have two, three games off days off, they come out slow. They come out slow. So after having this week and a half off, man, I hope, you know, like you said, we have Portland the first game back. Is that what you said? Yep. Yep. That Portland at home. Tough, that could be a tough game, man. We, but we need to figure out a way to get that thing, to get a victory in that game. We've got to figure out a way to win that thing. You have to win the games that you're supposed to win. I know it's a cliche, but you know, now with 25 games left, you've got to win the games you're supposed to win. That's a game that the Kings are supposed to win. Period. I agree a hundred percent. I I fully agree. I just know it's the Kings, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough playing games when you know, coming back and then and then just trying to for some reason. It seems like we just start off slow. Yep. That's well, they can't like start it. off slow. At, they better not start off slow with the games coming up because they'll get blown off the floor. Uh, that's for sure. Here's the other deal about Portland. They're currently uh, a half game out of the play-in tournament. So these are all big games for the Blazers, too. Hey, it's going to be fun, John. The final 25 games are going to be fun. Yep. It is. And Dame Lillard, that guy, I mean, he he's a magician, man. When he puts his mind to it, he can do some incredible things, not unlike Fox in the fourth quarter. So yeah. those yep. games, they are going to be fun to watch no matter what. I just uh, hope the outcome is in our favor. John, have a good rest of the Wednesday, my friend. Do the same, buddy. We'll talk to you later in the week. Take care. All right. Let's get to uh, Jerry right here. Uh, listen up. Jerry, good afternoon. How are you today? I'm fine, Mr. Napier. How are you, sir? I'm well, thanks. Hey, Grant, with the Kings, like, having, like, a couple of days off here before games, uh, well, why can't you, uh, why can't they work on defense, Grant? I'm sure they do in practice, Grant, but why doesn't it uh, go to the game time? They work every single day on practice just because they don't have good defenders. I mean, it's really that simple. Their, their inability to keep the player in front of them, and then they don't have a shot blocker. They don't have a deterrent behind them when they get beat. So it's it's personnel. Uh, and it's individual uh, talent. They're just not that good defensively. So they could work on it every day, five hours a day, and not even go on all-star break, which, by the way, is illegal. But it's still not going to get better, just the way it is. And, Grant, one more thing uh, about Rush, uh, about Rushing Holmes. Um, you know what, Grant, don't you think um, that I'm sure that Monty McNair was on the phone trying to get something done here, but if they're not going to use Rashawn Holmes, why keep the man? Because, you know, he seems to be he's you know he seems to be good when he's in games. Uh, so, I mean, why isn't he getting any playing time? It's, it's a good question. I had that same conversation with Jerry Reynolds today. Uh, he was a little puzzled by it as well. It's just coach's decision. It's as simple as that. And then don't you think that maybe there's teams out there that would want a Rashawn Holmes? I mean, just to get something back. If you know, Grant, even if not a player, maybe like a draft pick, something that that this man's being wasted on the bench. Jerry, I would say this. Monty McNair has done a really good job in building this team. He's got them uh, third in the West right now. And I guarantee that Monty McNair was, was not just sitting – uh, twiddling his thumbs during the trade deadline. It just didn't make sense for the Kings. And so that's why he didn't make the move because, you know, this is the same guy that made a bold move last year with the Halliburton trade and getting Sabonis back. So he's not afraid to roll the dice. It just obviously wasn't there this year.
And Grant, and you see how the stop, uh, the talk has stopped about Vivek Ranadive. Um, I guess when you win, huh? Nobody cares no more, huh? Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you this: the the talk will continue. Uh, right now, it has died down, but he'll do something stupid where it will pick up again. So don't worry about it. Do you think because Martin McNair, he, um, he didn't do anything, Grant? Uh, do you think any of that came from Vivek Ranadive? Anyway, I think I might ask you. I will. Do, I will. Right I will tell you this: I will 100% guarantee you that Vivek Ranadive was involved in every decision that was being discussed both make a move or don't make a move. And I absolutely guarantee you he was interfering with what was going on. That's not a guess. That would be a, almost a certain fact. And Grant, maybe uh, since you guys are giving T-shirts away, like when uh, the person that comes close to the score, maybe something, it could be like, maybe like a win total for the Kings this year. Maybe you can do something like that too, or? You know what, what good you idea. Yep, good idea. I'll, I'll uh, do it. I got to, first of all, make sure when I'm going to have the T-shirts in my hand, uh, because, you know, I can't promise something and then not deliver. So right. hopefully that's going to be coming any day. But I think that's a good suggestion. And Grant, uh, since it's open form Wednesday, uh, could I ask you um, how the lawsuit's doing? Yep, uh, it's still ongoing. There's no new developments. And I promise you and everyone else that when uh, there are new developments, I will pass them on. And any more uh, talk about maybe your book? Well, I have to wait until the lawsuit is over because of legalities. So I have talked with the gentleman that wants to basically write the book for me. And, uh, but I have to wait until the lawsuit is over. Well, Grant, thank you for your time, sir. You have a great day. Today. Thank you, Jerry. You too, buddy. Bye-bye now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, let's get to uh, Zach. Zach, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, can you hear me? Yep, I sure can. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, you know, the thing is, why doesn't he just run the team and like make all the decisions? Like, it seems like he likes to dictate everything. It's a disgrace. Well, you know, I, there are a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that I can't really talk about. But you know, he he's a meddling owner. Uh, he does interfere a lot, and uh, he gives a lot of people headaches in the organization. But he owns the team. That's his right as an owner. But uh, he can be a real pain in the ass. I have a question. Is there any way like an uh, owner can be removed? No. Not unless you okay. do something stupid like Donald Sterling. Okay. And then, uh, since it's open forward, I'd be curious, like, from listening to you in the past, um, you like mentioned that the game has drastically changed over the past 15, 20 years. And what do you think the main like reasons or causes from that? Is it like certain players, like coaches that started it? What do you think that is? 
the first part of your the first part of your question i kind of i could not understand what was the first part of your question why is what i got the rest but what do you what is your point i'm trying to i couldn't hear you oh uh so like over the last uh 15 to 20 years you know the game has drastically changed you know with all the oh yeah sure yeah, i just yeah, yeah, yeah. because like you know you have made the comments yep. about that you like you missed the old nba and like yep. i was you know i was actually yep. young enough to where i could still watch you know that uh yep. 2000 style you know and so like, what do you think are the reasons of why the game has become such like a three-point studio very simple uh, i'll tell you and i'm going to put you back in the audience and thank you very much for the call it's very simple the league wants more offense and the league has made rule changes to increase offensive production because they feel that offense sells and so uh, i was at the nba league meetings uh every year the, the broadcast meetings, which were very extensive. And they used to give us a lot of data and a lot of analytic information. And every single year, the league continues to move farther and farther away from the basket in terms of points scored. Okay. And they put the graphic up in front of us and they show us this year, then, you know, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. And every year, the game moves further away from the basket. Why has that happened? The league wants more offense. And rule changes have, again, made the game a more offensive game. I think they've gone way overboard. The game is now too... Here's the problem with the NBA right now, and I'm going to use the word problem. All it is is a three-point shooting game. If you make threes, you win. If you miss threes, you lose. Now, there are some exceptions, but I'm giving you generalities. That's what the game has become. That's not the way the game is meant to be played. And that is a problem that's a problem plain and simple the league's gonna have to reel it back in a little bit all right i'm back tomorrow again four o'clock i hope you have a fabulous rest of your day thanks so much for joining me here on my open forum wednesday so long everybody Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.